0: To the chase okay what are you guys selling you're
1: drowning and i throw you a life jacket would you grab it yes good pick up 200 shares i won't let you down pay
0: him pay that man his money
1: ask them how they'd like to see 30 40 percent returns what are they gonna say no i don't want to see those returns
2: where's
0: the money labowski you're gonna make a lot of money right
1: be aggressive learn how to push show them
2: a three percent return I'll trust you to watch his kids for the weekend.
0: I'm a big fan of money.
1: Move around. Motion creates emotion.
2: I did not know that. That's
3: it. I'm done. Well, I'm back Saxon Jacks. I'm Tom Allen, Matt Weber on the board. SB Futures up three and a quarter. SV Futures up four as we're trying to uh, bounce back from our one-day sell-off yesterday. We've been up like every day for uh, a while, and we had a one-day sell-off, and now we're trying to bounce back from that. One story here that's kind of interesting is one of these meme stocks, uh, BBBY, races up from God knows what low to like 26, and everybody's all over the thing. And then uh, one of their guys, it says here, from uh, uh, firm uh, that Ryan Cohen and his associate Lou Michaels have decided to sell 7 million shares up here. So, Lou, you, you, got, you got some cash coming at you, bud.
4: Yeah. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> I wish.
3: Um, I have a question um, for you, Mr. Attorney. How come this guy, I don't know who the hell Ryan Cohn is, he's, he allegedly has, has notified the uh, SEC through a Form 144 filing that he's going to do this stuff, and the stock is, of course, down like five hours since he did it. So he basically is uh, he's seven point, uh, what is it, 9.45 million shares five hours less than, than uh, 3 o'clock yesterday. How is it that a guy like this <clears throat> has to fill out forms like this before he does stuff, and yet Elon Musk doesn't seem to have to do anything? Uh,
4: I, well, I, I don't know. I don't know that Musk doesn't have to do anything. I, m- my take is that Musk is is careful. He's careful on, um, on just the stuff that he can plan out, but that every now and then he shoots his mouth off and... and you know, blows up something, and that—that's where he gets in trouble. That's what got him in trouble with the SEC last time, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, it doesn't seem to it's bother him. Doesn't seem a, comments. He just said the other day he was going to do something, take somebody over, or do something. And he, then he said it was a joke. You don't—you don't do jokes like that.
4: <clears throat> no. He, well, well, not not when you're a not when you're a billionaire. You and I can yeah. joke about that.
3: I'm not so sure. I think you could probably do it.
4: Well I certainly I certainly could, uh because because nobody would take that nobody would take that seriously, especially knowing my financial. Is
3: it situation. true that uh, Warren Buffett has somewhat of a carve out from the SEC that he can take over more, more than the number without having to tell him or something? I've heard that, but I don't know if it's true or not. Could that even be remotely true? Can somebody be that
4: I, I don't I don't think that would be I don't think that would be true. That sounds like the that sounds like the college basketball excuse that, that Duke always gets has a carve out from the refs for yeah. for certain types of fouls. I mean at least that's the belief over in Chapel Hill.
3: Um it's my belief too. <laughs> um It's my belief. <laughs>
4: Well, okay, so it's, yeah, it's it's the belief it's the belief in non in non Duke uh, supporters. Well, it was it was um, certainly
3: my belief when you went and played Kentucky years ago.
4: Uh, well, they played Kentucky a few times. Which saying, time are you talking about? I'm saying like you when I, I when Christian Leitner stomped on that guy's head.
3: No, I'm talking about like when I was in college that you went down and played Kentucky. You were entering like a cesspool. The refs and everybody were again. you. The, the schools used to oh the schools used to actually hire the refs back then.
4: Yeah, no that that I don't think that I don't think that's the uh, that's the case. No. Um, Duke, Duke loses plenty gets calls some calls doesn't get others. I I don't I don't think there's any any truth to that. It it, it it's just another it's just another you know, excuse for for, uh, for a program really that was pretty tight. I'm going to be very interested to see how they do this year. Um, that that coaching change is is you know. Huge, and we'll just have to see how how they play out. They've had a really good recruiting year, though.
3: Um, was the, was the guy an assistant? Who's the new coach?
4: Yeah, he was. He was one of the. He's one of the assistants and a player and a player Chicago guy. So so. Say
5: again. I said Andy was a player. Andy was a Chicago area guy.
4: Yeah, Chicago guy Shire. Yeah, yeah, and, and and I mean a smart that I recall when he was recruited out of high school people were saying, not only is this kid a great basketball player, but he's really a smart basketball player. He was a real student of the game kind of thing. You know, for for them to say that about a high school player or something, and uh, he, he, I think he demonstrated that. I wanted wanted to touch base on something that that you and I talked about, Chief, actually a couple of things. But it looks like college football is starting to move toward that national playoff system we talked about and and getting the game away from the NC2A and into its own little semi-pro world I don't know if you saw the story that popped up on ESPN the other day that the college football's playoff board is now openly discussing the possibility of, of taking uh, all of the playoffs away from the NC2A and actually taking college football at least at the major conference level away from the NC2a and and gather, governed either by surprise, the college football playoff board, or uh, or some other organization.
3: What um, can you give us a little bit of the history? I mean, who who put the NCAA in charge? Is it is it the government? I mean, I don't, I don't I have no idea the history of this. I, how did they end up being quote in charge in the first place?
4: Um, well, it's a voluntary. You know, the, the, it was a voluntary organization. You know, and 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 it. It didn't used to be. It didn't used to be the kind of, of influence that it was. But it, it, it's a voluntary organization that was formed in, uh, in part to deal with the the whole you know athletic scholarship issue to negotiate as for, for these schools as a group so that their their reach and impact in television and and radio would uh, would increase. And um, it it has set up a structure that that for the most part, you know, people people were willing to listen to, and and so it it got the negotiations going on TV contracts, it got the negotiations on basketball contracts, and once it secured that, it became the, you know, became sort of the administrator for college sports, setting rules and and getting you know getting people in line and. and it really threatening people. If you didn't, if you didn't toe the line. You didn't do what we wanted, then then we could cut off your access to to television and TV contracts, and and stop you from appearing, and and generally turn you into a pariah in the college sports world.
3: Well, if you flash back um, to every,
4: everybody, everybody agreed with this.
3: Well, if you flash back to and you got original Big Ten days, like, or like Frank Leahy days was. Did Did Illinois or Did University of Chicago or Did Notre Dame pay any attention to the NCAA or Did they did or they didn't Were they were they already powerful?
4: Um. So so the NCAA was a was an organization that, that came out. I mean, I I'm not an expert on the early days, but I remember when my father uh, was would talk about playing college football at the University of Tennessee, and he was on a national championship team, and. Um, you know the, the practices there they played the cotton bowl and they, they played a couple of other major college bowls when he was there and you know it was it was a free for all you know there were there were five or six different all-american teams there were five or six different you know teams that were rated number 1 in the country there were it was a, it was a, kind of a scramble and a disorganized system and so the NC2a was formed by a group of college presidents to, to try to regulate that and it it brought people in in a hurry because because they needed it you're getting a you're getting a real good feel and this this is one of the lead-in stories that I wanted to I wanted to mention you're getting a real good feel for what it looked like without the NC2a with this name image likeness stuff that's going on and I I was going to refer to what, what is happening at USC right now as, a, as a, an example of why you know, regulation might not be such a bad thing in in, in this situation, but but the NCQA has always been a voluntary organization. It drew its power from the fact that the big the big dogs were willing to play, and and in, in college football, well, okay, now, but, right, the big back, dogs are not
3: willing to play. All right, well, back back up here. When you do a uh, as somebody who's in a regulated industry, okay, huge in you know, a having a uh, futures and, and securities firm. Um, since then, though, has the, the laws, the Congress, and all those kinds of people All those kinds of people When they come out with like a Title IX or something like that Are they, are they assuming or are they charging the NCAA with the enforcement of this stuff Or are they doing it themselves?
4: No, they're doing it themselves There's a whole, the, the Department of Education, which ought to be disbanded
3: Okay uh,
4: has, has an entire Title IX enforcement branch and there's a whole section of the, the US Department of Justice that so,
3: handles Title IX claims. So the, the government is not using the NCAA as a as is essentially their regulator. They haven't like half assed taking them over like they do everybody else.
4: Well, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's some interplay, but no. So for example, when you had the FBI looking for basketball coaches that were, you know, taking bribes or that were not yet.
3: Uh, Lou, well, you got to move to a different spot in the room, bud. We're losing you.
4: Say again.
3: We well, got to move to a different spot in the room. We're losing you. We got to move yeah, out of Colorado, babe. You better now. Yeah, A little better. You're much better yeah. when you're in the office. You know when you're here in Chicago. Just saying.
4: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what. I, I, I'm, I'm land based. Uh, AT and T again. Their, their coverage here in Denver is terrible. Um. But but the the point is that the, you know, when the FBI was running a investigating those college basketball coaches, there was no there was no NCAA involvement in that. I, I, they probably share information in certain areas, but but no, there's there's not there's no over.
3: So in other words, if if they if they were gone tomorrow, the quote government wouldn't care. That's right. Okay, I find it I find I find it very weird, but you know more about it than me the government like I
4: mean the the government the government's looking at the government's looking at crime chief it's not a crime at least not a federal crime to, to have people who are athletically ineligible playing college sports
3: well that's that's the, a that's a, but that's the beauty of of having quote a regulator that's why in our business if some big well, firm screws up they don't go to jail they get a fine from the SEC you'd rather do that than go to jail that's why they. Yeah. Get, that's why well, they, That's why the, uh, the accounting firm screwed up, with Arthur Anderson by not having a regulator. They actually went to court and got convicted of a felony or out of business. That's not going to happen to Goldman Sachs, because well, they got a regulator well, no, in the middle.
4: And, and, and this is this is what this is what you're seeing in college football now. Uh, well, and and to a certain extent, you saw it in college basketball. So when the University of North Carolina. Uncovered, um, a map
3: inflation uh, just we're, 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 every, every we're hearing every other word. Why don't you try calling call back real quick.
4: Okay, I'll do that.
3: Alright, the uh... Maybe I think people have to get landlines again, just saying. Of course, you can't even get one. I don't know it's, if you can get uh,
5: It's not even that easy to get anymore. I don't no. Think.
3: Well, you get one through your computer, but then that's not the same that's thing. sort of the same thing, yeah. But, but it's still not the copper line, which actually is sort of idiot-proof, but... I bet when he calls back in, he'll be fine. The, uh, I'm kind of stunned that uh, college football is going this fast, aren't you? I mean, it, boy, oh, boy. I just, I and mean, obviously Lou knows way more about it than I do, but it's just, well, they, they they don't know where they're going, but they're sure as hell getting there fast. It's, uh, y- you're back, Mr. Lou.
4: Let's try this. Any better? Yeah, a lot better. Okay. So, so, the title, title nine, or, uh, the NC two A, as you noted, with regulators, with a regulatory agency defers to certain um, you know, to certain big dogs. And the point I was making was this is exactly what happened in, in, in a number of recruiting scandals. So for example, the grave inflation situation at the University of North Carolina where they were they set up a system to keep their minority athletes eligible and, and the N C two A ignored it.
3: They did for quite a while.
4: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they just—they just—they just, they, North Carolina, North Carolina ran its own investigation. They brought criminal charges against at least uh, one of the participants, and the NCAA 2A said, "Oh yeah, well that because this would involve uh, shutting down and, and voiding like three national championships uh, for the uh, for the Tar Heel basketball program, uh, and and would also." basically show up the venerated dean smith as a cheater uh we're not going to we're not going to touch this and and so that that that's what you know that that's why as you noted that's for large regulatory agencies too. they favor certain people and and i think i think the college football world has basically gotten tired of it the the big guys in the college football world have gotten tired of it they could set up their own revenue streams they could set up their own revenue systems your buddies down there at South Bend were kind of pioneers in this.
3: Yeah, well, I uh, I just wonder how far you can go before the, you you are a football league. These people are employed. These people are paying social security and their and their scholarships. They're paying. Off. I mean, we're, well, no, we're they're, real they're, close to this.
4: This is this is what this is what the name image likeness dispute is about, or disputes are about. And and I want to I want to point out a story that that popped up. Uh, a couple of days ago uh, involving NIL's name-image likeness uh, disputes at uh, USC, Southern Cal. So, like a lot of other schools, Southern Cal set up a corporation that handles name-image likeness revenue and appearances for the players. So if you're a quarterback at Southern Cal and some, you know, some car dealership wants to use you use your as a as a promoter it goes to this corporation and basically hires you and then that money goes back to the corporation and you as the quarterback get some portion of it but a portion of it also gets farmed out to your teammates and and so the, the revenue gets distributed evenly well you know a bunch a bunch of Southern Cal donors who are quite successful, said, we don't, we don't want to do this. We, if we're going to contribute money to, to the athletic program, specifically if we're going to pay players, we want to pick the players we're going to pay, and we want to we make a determination on how that money is going to get used and distributed. And we're not going to rely on the, the people at Southern Cal we're gonna give a portion of our donation to, to the women's volleyball team that we don't give two hoots about. And and instead of giving it to the football players that we want to sponsor. And oh by the way, we, we don't want some when we when we put our money in for sponsorship, we don't want some some, you know, offensive lineman showing up and nobody knows. We want the quarterback, or we want the running back, or we want the wide receiver. You know, and so, so you now have competing name, image, likeness groups slugging it out of the specific school. And, and of course, you know, the Southern Cal people are going crazy because they're terrified this is somehow going to affect eligibility. I, I don't, I don't know how that is because you couldn't get, you know, I mean, I mean, this is instead of handing paper bags full of money to players. You know, at a, at a an IHOP somewhere, which is what, what happens in the Southeastern Conference. Um, you know, now it's out in the open, and now it's not it's not bags it's not bags of money. It's a it's a check with withholding and everything else in it, and it's and it's for a lot. I mean, I don't think people understand how much money is is changing hands at these big schools with large alumni bases.
3: Oh, I think you could right. estimate because look at look at the money that the that the program is is uh, making. You can ent- you can well, estimate what the salaries are going to be.
4: Look at what the program's making, but, but I don't. I mean, this was a black up until this point. This was a black world where nobody nobody really knew the numbers that were being paid to players. I had an idea because I, you know, I represented some kids who were getting who were getting under the table payments or who allegedly were getting paid off. But nobody really sort of knew how much money was out there. Now it's out in the open. This this group this group with USC is has got millions and millions of dollars because their backers were all very successful business people, who, not surprisingly, are not willing to listen to college administrators on how that money gets distributed. Well,
3: Lou, is there going to be a difference between? I mean, one, one of the stumbling blocks that I, that I I sort of pick out here, and I could be totally wrong, is that if the school runs it. Matt Weber can show up with his, uh, you know, his, his state t-shirt and he can be there as the, he can be representing as the, the, the state quarterback from Chip Hilton days, uh, rather than where if you and I sponsor him, he probably can only be there by himself, because I don't think we can take the Notre Dame or Alabama likeness, because I mean, to be perfectly blunt, an offensive is probably worth nothing without the Notre Dame jersey on, Right. Right. Well, I, I, I'm guessing the school is not going to allow anybody other than their own hand-picked group of people to do this. By the way, I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you spotted this, Matty, but guess who's in this business now in a big way all of a sudden? The White Sox. Did you hear that, Matty?
5: I did hear that, yeah. I don't know much about it, but I started seeing that the last few days.
3: They are putting together a group to manage the <clears throat> image and likeness of, like, uh, a, they claim a whole bunch of kids from Illinois that have just signed scholarships. With schools like Illinois, Indiana, and Iowa. I don't know how far they're yeah, going. Yeah, the kid like,
5: I saw was uh, a Lincoln Park High School basketball player that just signed with
3: University of Illinois to play yeah. basketball. So they're going to, now, whether, now, they, they claim they're going to do, they're going to sponsor, they're going to do stuff for them at the White Sox games. They're going to show up once a week and uh, they're going to be, a, uh, what do you want to be, Charitable – not charitable guys, but guys that go represent the White Sox at God knows what, a community activist and all kind of crap. And they're going to pay these guys. Now, I don't know, Don. If Illinois has one, are they going to compete for this kid, or can you be in both? I mean, we're, we're making up these rules as we go along. Well,
4: well no, that's, exact, that's exactly what's happening. They're making it up as they go along. But, but my, my point is that you have you have competing groups within you know corporate group a corporate group, uh, a corporate group that, that the school sets up, and, and that means the school controls how the money's dispersed, and the school controls the appearances. And, and you just donate into you pour your money into that, and this, and this corporation takes care of all the, the sponsorship issues. And you know the big dogs who are making these these large donations. to athletes are saying, "We're not going to do that. We're not playing by those rules. It's our money. We want a quarterback. We want this quarterback. He doesn't have to show up with the, if he's famous enough. He doesn't
3: have to show up with the jersey.
4: He just shows up as himself."
3: We are not very many of those guys.
4: No, but those are the you know, this is the this is why the school wants to control it, Chief, because they don't want to they don't want the this act this financial largesse to just hit certain guys and and under certain circumstances. For one thing, and and nobody's really talked much about this, nobody really knows how this is going to impact under Title Nine, which says you specifically have to fund women's sports to the same extent that you're funding your men's
3: sports. Well, plus, what does it do to the offensive line if the tackle has a big deal and the rest of the guys don't? That's why. Well, that's
4: th- exactly right. Or, or never. You don't even need to do that. But what if? What if? You know, you feel like you feel like blocking for the quarterback who's making making two million a year in, in NIL and not sharing the wealth?
3: Uh, not so much. But I, I I'm just kind of thinking in my feeble brain here. How many people, even at, even at Notre Dame? Uh, you know, people, well, I won't say this. I mean, Alabama and the people there probably know more about those guys than I do about Notre Dame players. But th- how many people are there in college sports? And there's going to be a few. I mean, you guys know more than me. But how many people could you put an ad? I'm going ad in the Tribune. Who the hell does that anymore? You're going to add the Tribune with no reference to Notre Dame, no reference to no jersey, no nothing. He's a sophomore quarterback cause these guys are all transferring school so fast. I mean, the, the, the recognition from school to school is nowhere near what it was either. So they're, they're sort of losing that. At the same time, they're picking this up, which is kind of weird. I mean, what, what do you do with a kid who's in, in your place one year and all of a sudden he goes somewhere else the next year? He, the other group outbids you. So all of a sudden, but I'm saying, how many? If you just put Matty Weber somewhere in the paper, here's Matt Weber. Come see him at Joe's car dealership or whatever. If you if you don't identify him as is the new Florida State quarterback, how many people are around that? I mean, there's going to be some, I know, but how many? How many? We're not. We're not LeBron James, then he'd even go to college, right?
4: Yeah, chief. Chief, how much money do you think the University of Texas told Archie Manning he was going to get if he came there and played quarterback?
3: Well, I, I know it's been going on. I mean, uh, my cousin would, played a halfback at University of Colorado in the fifties, and he had he had his guy. But still, the guy was in ROTC to make money. It wasn't like the guy gave him a million bucks. I mean, he didn't have any money when he came out. He went right in the army or the air force. So, but it's not like there was, uh... you know, the the the, the numbers was not in the thousands, let alone the millions. I'm no, sure. but
4: look, the, the way the schools setting this up is is to guarantee a a an income, uh, a revenue stream to the players when they recruit them out of high school.
3: Well, think think of it this way: I'm, I'm the finance guy, allegedly. Uh, if you go to any other sport, even even in, even in a, a crapple organization, you know take Pullman before the before the unions, the, the, the worker bees got 15, 20, 25, 30 percent of the revenue okay and then what is it in, in pro basketball it's like 45 or 55 Matty, or something the, the, the agreement which is like really high. but if you think for a second, that these players in college and these big organizations are worth twenty percent of the of the gross. God's sake, how much money's there? Even and it's probably not what they would get if they actually had an organization a group like yours. You know, so I mean, for them to, I mean, what's 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 the yearly gross at Notre Dame? Two hundred mil. You know, so I mean, so twenty percent of that is forty, I and mean, that's that's not very much. So it's not like there's no money there, Will. There is.
4: No, 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 no. There's, there's, there's lots of money. The, the, the question is how it, how it comes in and how it's going to get it distributed. So you, you can see, you, you see the conflict though between the, the sources of this revenue, you know, the donors, these big donors, and this, the, the, the college. Uh, I don't know how to characterize it. The college desire to fund whatever its projects are out of this out of the revenue stream, and the donors say. I don't care about women's swimming. I don't care about men's wrestling. All I care about is football, basketball, maybe baseball, and that's where I want my money going.
3: You're probably not that far away if these guys go down the road too far without realizing it. You're probably not that many years away from a college draft out of high school.
4: Absolutely. Oh, oh no, that, that, you, you, look, look, look what's happening there. That's gonna have to happen at least in the big, you know, the, the top 50 teams or so. Because, because otherwise they won't be competitive. And, and what's happening right now is, is the kind of unrestricted craziness that the NFL and, the, and every major pro sports league basically set up a, a mechanism to, to limit competition so that you don't end up with your big market teams dominating every single year. And that's where college football's headed, right
3: now. Okay, but you're, we're, it's going to break. So, now you're you're talking like somebody who's actually played a lot of sports. You can't do that. We'll talk. We'll talk about this when we come back for a break. SP is up three. NASDAQ Futures up eight and a quarter. You're right back. Stacks and jacks.
1: How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox.
3: Hello, to Stocks and Jacks. I'm tomorrow. It's Matt Weber on the board. SP futures up 6.75. Nasdaq futures up 21. We're trying to make back the losses of yesterday, which were very unusual lately. Uh, Dow futures up 30. One of the individual stocks is down. Uh, Bed Bath and Beyond. Get a look of this. The thing. I think it traded 25 and a half, maybe 26 yesterday. It was 1988. Um, yesterday, the thing goes out. The the 23 straddle <clears throat> for for tomorrow went out at like 880, which is Really something for a stock who's a was at 24 bucks. It's like the uh, the market has a thing moving 30% in like two days. I mean that's just uh, that's kind of risk on steroids. I didn't, let's let's just say we didn't play in that one, uh, nor do we want to. Uh, the DAX up 95 points. Oh, I would like to be shorter today. Uh, the DAX up 95.7%. Uh, Footsie down 38 cents. Let's call that one flat. Aekko around up 22.3%. So despite the drought, there's creeping a little bit over there. Uh, Nikkei down 280.1%, or that's a full 1%. These guys have been up and down a percent a day, they were up yesterday. Shanghai down 15, that's 0.5%. And uh, Hank Seng continues to have, get drubbed here. Down 158.8%, 19,763. They're just not doing well over there. Yesterday, as a way of review, the Dow was down 171. and p down 31, NASDAQ down 164. Big move in the NASDAQ. Uh, a lot of stocks were down in there. Uh, bonds, up two basis points, 287 blend up another two base points back up over one one point one zero they've been a big move in the last few days they were down to 0.8 now they're 1.1 uh japan uh, up one basis point to 0.19 we've got oil up 79 cents but under nine hours 88.90 Brent up a dollar 16 9041 natural gas up four cents uh 9.29 which is high again these guys have flown back like the seven dollar number back and forth this year are crazy Arbob up three cents 296 We've got gold up $7.1783, and still a long way from $1,800. Uh, silver up $0.04, cents, 1977. We've got Bitcoin up dollars 214 to $23,508. These guys touched $25,000 last weekend, so they're back off that. And we also the U.S. dollar against the euro. Is uh, The euro is up 8 but still only $1.01. So the dollar's been strong this week. Euro week. Imagine that. Maddie, what do you got for us Travy Weather Sports?
5: 37 minutes past the hour. Good morning to everyone out there. We have a crash uh, on the inbound Eisenhower right near downtown. That's uh, actually at Racine, which is exit 29A. That crash has been moved to the left shoulder, but it's causing buildup as you're heading into downtown on the Eisenhower and uh, approaching Congress. And then further west on the Eisenhower, also on the inbound side, this just came across, we have another crash at Cicero, which is exit uh, 24B on the inbound side of the Ike. So a couple of crashes heading eastbound on I-290 that you should be concerned about if you're heading into downtown from the western suburbs. Outbound side looks okay, no issues at all on the Edens or Kennedy. Traffic starting to build on the Stevenson, but uh, no crashes to report. Dan Ryan, we're starting to see some backup as you approach the Circle as well. And uh, that's uh, no crash to report, just looks like some high traffic volumes. Lakeshore Drive is all quiet. weather today, another beautiful mid-August day. We're in a two-week stretch of just having perfect weather every single day. Today, no exception. Partly cloudy, a high of 79, low humidity. Right now, it's crystal clear and 67 degrees downtown. For our Phoenix listeners, rain in the forecast and a high of 102 today. Right now, it's clear and 82. In sports, White Sox had their five-game winning streak snap. They lost a tough pitcher's duel last night, 3-2 to the Astros. Sox are two games back in the AL Central behind Cleveland. Uh, They're also two games back in the wild card, looking to start a new streak uh, today. Cubs have won four straight series. They beat the Nationals in Washington 3-2. Diamondbacks beat the Giants 3-2. So all three baseball games that we track uh, had a final score of 3-2. Lastly, the Bears play preseason game number two tonight, 7 p.m. Chicago time kickoff. They're in Seattle. That game will be televised on ESPN Chief
3: yeah I was, was going to accuse Lou of uh, as a guy who 's played a lot of sports, and I think you and I have sort of done well we didn 't play college ball like Lou has, so i 'm not going to put us in that uh, category, but uh, I think most people who play sports like to play people at least as good as them so you can figure out where you are you know I mean I'm, you know one year we played a softball, we played somewhere when I was very young, and we played against. You pretty much Jerry's jury kid, kids, Jerry's kids, and we, you know, we won by slaughter every night. Or what is it, mercy, Mitty? It's not slaughter anymore; it's mercy. Uh, yeah. You know, that's no fun. I mean, you want to play against people that, but the, but there are people. I, I know somebody Notre Dame friends. There are people that if the Irish got an angle and they won every year, they'd be happy as hell. <laughs> they wouldn't care. The uh, anyway, just a little bit of a finance note here. Um, get a load of this. The uh, it looks like the guys, the Turkey's president. How's this guy's name? He was uh, uh, what's his what's his name? Well, Turkey's president. 30%. Yeah, they just uh, his, his his view of monetary policy. They've just they cut their main interest rate from fourteen to thirteen percent, and their inflation is eighty percent. The guy must have gone to the same school as Joe Biden and Paul. But uh, I mean, that's it, absolutely incredible. I'm looking at the the Turkish money supply. It, it's it's outstanding. It since since October of twenty twenty one, it's up. Up like ninety percent or hundred I mean, percent. No wonder they've essentially doubled the amount of money in circulation, and they wonder why they've got inflation. I mean, Lou, where do these people go to school, or, or don't they?
4: You're going to have some interesting uh, fallout from that. It also looks like Serbia and uh, and uh, uh, oh shoot, the other the other republic, Kosovo, are getting ready to go at it again, and uh, NATO has already upped. Its presence there and is now threatening to step in in a, in a military way if if these two countries start start duking it out. So that that whole area is beginning to be economically destabilized. Uh, the Turkish lira is not a huge currency there, but but if Turkey Turkey's a good sized economy. If it starts to fold, um, you're going to have a you're going to have a real issue, and, and, and not just a you know, not just a refugee issue. Um, uh, it would not surprise me if, if the Greek government looked at this as an opportunity to to expand its influence. You know, maybe take back part of Cyprus. I mean, I'm, I'm not seeing any rumbles on that, but but there are a lot of th- this is one of those areas where everything is held in balance by everything else, and you, you pull the it's like a Jenga. You know, you pull the you pull the, the support out from under one one of those countries. Um, military economic or otherwise and if it, if it weakens everybody else in that area sees an opportunity to do to do something and, and that's that that's, should be of real concern
3: well I know you always you always uh, counsel me that I can't use you know economic theory and common sense to try and figure out how these people are going to operate but but what exactly I mean what is what does Greece get money wise or, or maybe it's image wise by yanking back Part of Cyprus. I mean, is it? Are they must be trading oh with them God. on a daily basis? I mean, I, what do you get?
4: You get to say we're Greece. Okay, Greece is the word. That's what you get to do. You get, you get to say. You get to say, look, we showed those no good Turks that, you know, blew up the Acropolis back in the seventh or 6th, 17th century. Maybe, Somewhere, maybe the nineteenth century. that blew up the Acropolis back in the nineteenth century. We get to show those no good Turks who's boss.
3: Okay. I guess that's. I guess you that's. Know, it.
4: I mean, you got to remember, there's a there's a whole population of of people, much like much like there is in Russia, who who takes the 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 slights to Greek sovereignty very seriously, and and historical slights to Greek sovereignty very seriously, and you know, Cyprus wasn't that long ago.
3: But it, the but the investment is, it, I guess, is the investment worth it, and both in people and. And money and, and stuff.
4: I, I don't think I don't think a Greek politician would would hesitate if they thought they could do it. I don't think they'd hesitate two seconds in in urging pack on the Turkish side of occupied site Cy- or uh, Cyprus and, and cleaning that whole thing out of there.
3: Well, oh, so, so they would encourage the, the the Greek side to go after that. We're not talking about some armada, you know, whatever the Greeks can muster, landing on the Turkish side.
4: That's exactly what we're talking
3: about We are, we're talking about from the mainland We're not talking about just insurrection on the island itself
4: No, we're talking about We're talking about an attack on And, and a military solution To the Turkish occupation Or Turkish side of Cyprus Really? You know? I mean, I don't think there's a Greek politician if they, As you said, if they thought they'd get away with it I don't think there's a Greek politician Anywhere who wouldn't push for that
3: Is there a Greek navy? I don't, I don't even know
4: Yes, there is and they and they tangle they tangle with the Turks, and there's you know every every now and then. And, and the, the the hilarious thing is that both of these both these dockets are supported by NATO.
3: Unbelievable. So they got what they got like destroyers. They got coast guard cutters. I mean, they don't, they don't have a cruiser. I don't think do they do.
4: They've got they've got destroyers. I think they've got some helicopter capable vessels, but they have definitely got destroyers and anti submarine warfare capability and some surface some surface capability.
3: Oh, good Lord, I, I had no idea these people no, were that.
4: No, no, it, it it could be, it could be I, I my, uh, I, I was married to somebody who had a family that came from that area, and and if you wanted to get some real emotion going in a conversation, you just had to mention Cyprus and what happened there and how these folks looked at it, and and you know it, it, it's it's a big deal as, nope. as Barack Obama said at the BFD
3: <laughs> yeah <laughs> um,
4: let me let me for uh, a couple of other things um, uh, this is a story that, that just popped up yesterday and I, I was just so USA Gymnastics has said that it's going to take into account the abortion laws of various states when it comes to selecting venues for competition and, uh, you know, I just wonder how much this is going to be an issue, or things like this are going to be an issue for, you know, the professional sports leagues. I mean, we saw, we saw Major League Baseball in, in what was an act of gross stupidity move its uh, all star game from Atlanta to Denver um, based on a complete misinterpretation of voting laws. Um, we saw North Carolina get threatened. Over its uh, single-sex bathroom uh, law, uh, with the loss of, uh, believe the Super Bowl or something like that. I just I look at this, and I mean USA Gymnastics doesn't. I mean, I don't think it has that much call out in terms of economics. But but are we going to start seeing these leagues uh, politicizing like this? If you're USA Gymnastics, you've now just sent a, a message. To about half the country, that yeah, we we think you're idiots and and are uh, worse and moral, and uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna deal with you. I mean, is this is this a trend we're gonna be seeing more of?
3: Well, it's uh, whenever people start talking about um, states' rights and things, you're you're liable to fall into this. Lou, I'm not a I'm not a big hey, we're, we, just real quick on our our uh, other discussion we kind of left before the before the break. Uh, these groups I know I'm skipping around here but that's just the way my mind works or doesn't these groups, if I give (laughs) if I was in a position to give a million bucks to some group at Notre Dame, which I never would do uh, to go and and pay these kids, now wait a minute this this is not a direct contribution to the university, so this is A, not tax deductible on my part now now that place is going to have, a whoever that place is that corporation or something are they going to have some kind of a profit and loss where I'm going to end up being able to take at least a loss on this or on the, on the money I just gave these people? And I don't think they're planning on making money. If they do make money, is it going to be income for me? I mean, clearly it's not the same as a tax-deductible donation to a land-grant university or to Notre Dame or someplace. I mean, what, what, what is it? Do you have any idea? Well, so,
4: so at some point, and, and I'm, not, I'm not clear exactly how they're they're orchestrating it in this corporate world at USC, but you are supposedly paying for um, appearances or endorsements or, or whatever by yeah. the athlete. So if you make a contribution, you throw your money into this, into this corporation and for, for NIL uh, activity, the, the, the deal, as I understand it, is the corporation is going to say, okay, fine, we'll get these kids out in, the, in the, doing endorsements and doing com- community service and and they'll be paid for that work from your donation, and this, is
3: what, the, right, so this so is what the they're considering it. At least now they're considering it a quote donation to something, it, but we don't know if it's nonprofit or if it's charitable. Or whether I can deduct it or anything like that. I,
4: I I don't you know I don't know. I mean it's a donation in the sense that you're not you're not getting a quid pro quo. Exchange for you personally.
3: Well, but if you the, if it's a, if you're talking about if if the term comes up corporation, I should be getting some stock. For I mean, I should be buying a million dollars worth of stock, and if if they're not designed to make money, then at least five years from now, I can sell my million dollars to stock to Matty Weber for five hundred and at least take the loss on the five hundred or do something. I mean, it, it's you can't you can't. No, you're not. You're not buying. It's not. They're not selling stock with this. You're you're buying. An endorsement opportunity
4: for an athlete
3: somewhere. Okay, but I'm I'm (laughs) saying you're doing something. You're either joining account you're you're making a donation to Notre Dame, which you're not. Okay, you're you're buying stock, which you're not. Well, then it must be some sort of a partnership. So you're some kind of a partner. You, the the money goes somewhere.
4: No, 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 you're just you're just putting this corporation. This corporation exists to take in your money, funnel it to athletes, and manage their public appearances.
3: All right, so, but and you can
4: see why a donor who's putting a lot of money in it is going to say, "I'm not going to buy into that. I want control over where that where that money goes, and I want control over what endorsement opportunities these players are taking on."
3: Well, I mean, let's talk about more of this next because I'm going to do some research because you got a right to check out to somebody, and whoever the somebody is has to be organized somehow, and how that person is organized is, is, is determines what you're buying or doing something with. And clearly, if you give it to Notre Dame, they've got the you know, or Illinois, Illinois, they've got the tax exempt status. They got all that stuff. You just write. I guess you can write it off uh, if you got enough money. Or enough income.
4: Well, if, if, if all you're doing, if all you're doing is dumping money in there, I think that's right. But that's not what's happening.
3: So there's going to be some income in this place, which means, are you a part of it or not? Are you? It's, it's like you're buying a Green Bay Packers stock where you get the certificate on the wall. Maybe, is that, maybe that's it. I, I think. I think that's I think that's
4: a pretty good analogy. Really? Right now. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> I mean this is, and, and so you can imagine, you can imagine some guy who wants to give $10 million to the, to the University of Southern California, and and he comes in to this corporation, and he says, I want to stroke a check for NIL recognition, and I want, I want some recognition for it. And the corporation says, well, here, here are five forms to fill out. And, oh, by the way, your money, we'll take your money, thank you, and, and we'll put your name up in lights here. But your, your dollars are going to get spread among probably 20 or 30 different organizations. And because we have to worry about Title IX liability, a bunch of them are going to be women's sports. And, and, and you as the donor go, I don't care about women's sports. I care about the USC football team. Because when I get together with my buddies on the weekend and we watch college football, I want to be able to say, Yeah, I bought that quarterback or that tackle or whatever. And and the corporation says, Well it doesn't work that way. We we distribute the money across all these sports and oh by the way, we're gonna be funding the you know, LBTQ debate team with this money because they're entitled to a portion of it as well. And and you as the donor go, I don't I don't care about that. uh, So it's it's a it's a ready made situation to set up these kinds of competing Nil entities but I don't, that, you know, when you but I don't think you can regulate
3: it I don't think you can give the money to Southern Cal with this intention and have Southern Cal f- run it through essentially the nonprofit and send it off to another corporation plus if you give the money to the people who give 10 million apiece, say there's 30 people that those people get the band together and say okay who's exactly running this and how much is he siphoning off the top who, who controls those guys well
4: that, that's that's the point. And the short answer is, they're not giving it. They're not going to give the money to another corporation. They're just going to give it to a. They're going to give it to a student activity, you know, a team, or 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 maybe maybe not an FI team. Maybe the, as I said, the LBTQ
3: debate team. They better they better yeah. they better figure this out pretty quick. Or these eighty two thousand IRS agents are going to be all over this, Lou. Oh,
4: oh, oh you don't think you don't think the schools are verified of this? The, well, the I'm sure they are They're this, going, "Wait a minute! It's it's the Wild West out here." It was almost better when we had paper bags full of money being handed over under the table at IHOP.
3: Well, at least we
4: weren't aware of that.
3: Well, the the kids that actually get the check are they aware that the even if it's under fifty grand and they're not going to pay well, I'm, I'm not to say where you should be paying your tax or not, but are they aware that if they get five hundred bucks, they owe they owe fifteen uh, percent of that to the government tomorrow? Oh, are you
4: kidding? This is this is no. The short answer to that question is no, and and the schools. That's another reason for the corporation. The schools can take care of that tax planning for these guys. <laughs> I promise you, n- n- very few of the players are even thinking along those lines. And certainly they're, certainly the guys that are purporting to represent them uh,
3: aren't. Well, every, every and one and of these guys who got the basket of money back in the old days, every one of them could be in jail for yes. income tax evasion.
4: Yep. Yep. But, but this is... Um, that this is going to be an issue, and, and uh, again, I'm, I'm sitting here going, looking at this, going, we really have an unregulated, an unregulated system that is driving in money to the giant schools, to the big programs, to the main, major conferences, and if you're a high school kid who's got some talent, are, you're not going to go to some, you know, program that is not in the top twenty. Because, because they're going to promise you 30000 a year, 50000 a year in, in income from the NIL revenue, and you know, you're not going to beat that anywhere else.
3: That's a... Uh, boy, I'm uh, well, I'm sorry I'm doing this to you a little bit. God's sake, 2018, the turkey, whatever these things are, there's a million zeros here on these liras. I, I don't know how they, those guys do this, but the, the, the lira was under... Never heard me say, say 2,000 liras, they had it was probably like 1,800. Now they got 7,000 in two years. It's like oh, Russia. Good lord. It's like, it's, Russia like, the it's like the Weimar Republic. You know, we're not that far behind. We're up 40% in two and a half years, but that's another story. So I don't know. I don't, it's sort of interesting, Lewin, when, when you go down these roads, and isn't it almost the same weirdo mentality what you see going on? With the countries in the world and, and with the NCAA, everybody's just, everybody's just trying to grab forever they can and wherever, <laughs> whatever wherever it lands, it lands. I mean, what are the Russians doing with this with this nuclear place?
4: Oh, in Ukraine. Yeah. Well, well, they they've, they've occupied it, and uh, you know the question the question now is does it become a does it become a target? And and the Russians have not exactly shown. Well, we, we talked about this. You know, for for the Russian military going into these these areas of occupied Ukraine, this is a shopping trip. So, so the question is, do they strip everything of value from this facility and and affect its ability to to operate? Um, they had they had significant uh, radiation injuries that were reported among several hundred uh, Russian troops who bivouacked in the contaminated soil area of Chernobyl.
3: Okay, how could they have been, been so stupid? How could they possibly have been so stupid as to do that?
4: Oh, you're you're talking about a military that that in many ways is is dysfunctional. It's like um, saying go, go take a terms, swim in terms of the small unit organization. Lou,
3: well, it's like having a swimming class in the Chicago River for God's sake. Only worse.
4: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, they that that's, so so what's happening right there right now? And I, I wanted to talk briefly about Ukraine anyway, but but let me finish up real quick on Turkey. Turkey had a coup attempt. That uh, that happened, uh, I think three, maybe four years ago, and and involved involved you know military units. It, it, there was some question as to whether Erdogan, you know, staged it or had his people stage it. But in any event, it resulted in it resulted in the decapitation of the leadership of the Turkish armed forces, the air force, and a, a number of other a number of other organizations, and also the Turkish demand to. Uh, to the U.S., that we hand over some some scholar cleric who was living in a remote community in Pennsylvania. Well, I
3: remember that. Yeah, 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 he
4: was supposedly from the Revolution. I don't see how completely blowing up your currency helps po- Turkish political stability. And like I said, just that area of the world is on a hair trigger. The Turks, the Turks support. You know the Palestinians. They support Muslim uh, uh, organizations throughout that throughout that part of the world. Um, mm. They are they are on a hair trigger with Greece. They've got influence in the Balkans. You know, you, you pull one of those <clears throat> one of those pins out, and the structure the structure is weakened. That whole power structure there is weakened significantly. So so just sort of keep an eye on on what's playing there. Um, with respect to ukraine you' you're seeing you know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago that the, that the russian military was basically running out of gas in terms of its ability to mount sustained offensive operations and that they were going to take what's called a strategic pause and and this is this is sort of what's happened they have not made major advances uh on on any front and and have seemed to try to consolidate their their uh, activity in those parts of Eastern Ukraine that they've occupied, the Ukrainians for their part seem to be embracing, and this is this is a function of the training we've been giving them since 2014. That they seem to be embracing a lot of the, the high tech stuff that we're we're pushing in there, the precision artillery, precision rocket systems, and and in addition, exploiting you know their their advantages with the population in the in the areas that the Russians have occupied. And so you see, you see now um, significant attacks in Crimea, which had long, you know been occupied since 2014, and that's a predominantly Russian-speaking area of Ukraine. But but the Ukrainians have sources in there, and they they you know attacked a couple of air bases. They blew up a bunch of airplanes. Um, you know these are areas of, of that the Russians thought were perfectly secure, and the Ukrainians are now starting to reach out and and touch them in places that they didn't. They didn't think they could reached. And then I just to, to throw a story out. This is this is kind of horrible, but but it's almost funny. Uh, Russia employs a, a mercenary group called the Wagner Group that, that are, are uh, Russian military people in civilian clothes who who act and fight on behalf of the Russian military. And and it's a it's kind of a rogue group. There was a Russian reporter who was doing an interview in, in uh, this uh, occupied area, this urban area in, in, in eastern Ukraine. And he's on the, you know, he, he's broadcasts his video and, on Russian television, and, you know, he, he points at this building and says, this is, you know, well, the headquarters of the Wagner Group operating here, these people are doing, you know, fighting on behalf of Mother Russia, da 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 Well, unfortunately, in the, in the uh, picture, you can see the street signs, <laughs> And so, <laughs> This basically gave away the exact location of the building.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what, an, what an idiot! <laughs> so
4: the Ukrainians said, "Oh, thank you very much," and fired a couple of high precision or a precision guided munitions, in, blew the building up, destroyed the whole thing, and destroyed the entire command structure of that organization. <laughs> within, I think, within an hour or two of that report <laughs> <laughs>
3: broadcast, I mean, it's just—it's it's it's just not that funny, matter. but it is—it is scary. It's it, <laughs> it is. Lou, thank you very much, buddy. Good stuff as usual. Have a nice weekend. By the way, we we're supposed to we had the best weather in the world here, and now it's supposed to rain for the air and water show all weekend, which is weird. I've that got we- to come back out there for that show. Oh yeah. Well now that it's back being being real again. They got the Blue Angels this year. Next year they all the, right. the, next year they'll have the Thunderbirds, they alternate, right? Yep, That's right. Yep. Anyway, S P Future's up ten, Nancy's up forty four. We're trying to make back yesterday's losses. Be right back, Mr. Dan Janitas.
5: Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call. 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again.
6: Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, owner of Home Source Realty and frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks radio show. If you're thinking about purchasing real estate this summer, could be a good time to shop around. Whether you're a novice or seasoned investor, low interest rates, and a good inventory make adding bricks-and-mortar investment to your portfolio an interesting possibility. Many a great fortune has begun with the purchase of property. Call me today for your personal investment consultation, and I would be happy to get you started on your path to prosperity. You can reach me at AudreyJohnson at Realtor.com or call me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456.
5: Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net.
2: Hear ye, hear ye! The
1: Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks, jocks, stocks
3: and jocks! You are out of control! Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now!
4: There's something happening
0: here
3: Hello and welcome back to Station Jackson, Jackson. I'm Tom Howell. Exactly it's Matt Weber on the board. SP is up 11. NASDAQ appears up 47. I'm trying to move this forward here this morning. Uh, we've been used to going up every day, uh, and yesterday we didn't. So we'll see if the, uh, the 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 rally, the bear market rally, whatever you want to call it, is starting to run out of gas here or not. But the guy who knows all about this is Mr. Dan Janinas. Dan, how are you?
6: I'm doing fine. How are you?
3: Doing all right. So are you advising the uh, Turkish president to cut his interest rates when he's Pouring, he's pouring money into the thing like water into the, into a the dike here. What's it, What are we doing?
6: I know it's 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 uh, and we're we're talking about what what's going on here being being extreme, and that that's pretty extreme. What's going on there? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it, it sort of. It seems like a lot of countries, including Turkey, like fo- end up following our lead, but they don't actually execute it with the same style that we do. So, good or bad. I don't know. So, um, I mean, yeah. I'd be I would be very hesitant to be looking at purchasing any foreign bonds right now. The volatility that we're seeing in our our um, market in the in the fixed income market is it's pretty severe and it's even that much more severe. It's like increasing your beta to go overseas, like or doubling your beta to go overseas to look look to purchase bonds.
3: Well I have enough trouble here, I'm trying to read it. My uh, <laughs> let's just say my middle aged eyes, I can't count the amount of zeros here. Oh yeah. This is like the what, what do the Italians do at one point? man? didn't they didn't the they same thing
6: right? It's th- something very similar.
3: Didn't they take like six zeros off the back of the thing or something and say that that's the new the new number? Yeah, I, I, I don't mean, know even know how you get this um, on the bill. <laughs> I'm, yeah. counting, I'm counting ten zero. I am counting zeros. i do not
6: know how those economies survive. That's but, um, but they do somehow. Well, so, they, somehow,
3: um, I mean, it, it, if, the currency. Yeah, I mean, I think what you and I agree on is that inflation is not even. What about the poor guy who's just trying, to, just trying to pay his equivalent five bucks a day for chow? I mean, what, talk about loss of the shuffle, eh?
6: Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, the, uh, there's, you know, it, it, what's, it's interesting what's happened over, and even over like the past week, I mean, the last several weeks we've seen a decline in, um, pretty um, serious decline in oil prices and gas gasoline prices because oil prices have come down. And I think psychologically, it's given some people some confidence um, in that things are, you know, leveling out. You're hearing some good news on the supply chain side. Um, people are seeing the market going up. And then, you know, I don't know whether it's the algos that are chasing the market or it's individuals that don't want to miss out on this rally. But you're right. But then you go into the, the grocery store or you go to get food and you have to say, um, how are people, you know, able to afford this? And I, may, you know, I, I, had to get something at the store really early yesterday morning, and I stopped by a Walmart, which I don't go to that often. But but just walking around and thinking, these prices are high. <laughs> you know, they're wow. higher than our local our Publix, okay. and I don't know how people are affording this. You know, just looking at meat prices, even snacks. Um, you know, like six dollars for chips and, and yeah. that sort of thing. So so I agree with you. Yeah, it's it's the the average person um, it, it has still has a lot of other issues, even though gasoline prices have come down um you know the the supply chain hasn't been fixed there you know there's still certainly food costs are very high and food is a larger part of your of your um you know if you look at your monthly budget so um yeah and then things certainly haven't come down on the you know the side of services either um this it's still tough to find workers and we're hearing all this great news on employment, but if you kind of look in a you know, if you just kind of observe what's going on, there's still plenty of places that are that are uh, short-staffed or limited hours because they can't find help. So, um, it's a tough it's a tough period for people in the lower income.
3: Well, they can't find markets, help. No question. They can't find help with the price at which they want to find them or hire them.
6: That's what it is. That's exactly what it is.
3: I mean, if you you know if you if you pay up, what did uh, I don't know if it was Milton Friedman or somebody? There's no such thing as a shortage. It's just too high, too low of a price.
4: Right. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. I and mean, so unfortunately,
3: that's our system. I mean, there's, uh, which I think you and I both think that our system, while not perfect, is the best. We don't want to go to a sort of a socialist system, but no. if if you have, if you have the capitalist system, I mean, would if you were to everybody, you know, especially all the the, the right wingers who you know pound the table about the capitalist system. I don't think they they could define it for you if their life depended on it. But
6: right now, yeah, I agree with you. Right now, it would be hard, very hard to define. Well, but, but even very, so. Very true.
3: The the system is based on the fact that that it's based on instead of a socialist system, it's based on dollar votes, right? right? And if you and you you apportion the largesse, you apportion the amount of wheat, the amount of corn, the amount of booze, whatever it is, you apportion it by 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 money. And, right. if you, and yep. every and every single place, if you got more, you get more. And if you don't, but hopefully it entices people to go earn more and actually create stuff and earn more. And that's, that's how the, the system works. Down, yeah. But it's that, not that, exactly always That's the theory that's going to
6: work. The trickle-down, yeah. that's, that's what should be happening. But it doesn't always happen quite that perfectly. But I do think at least it's coming to or coming, we're starting to move in the right direction towards an equilibrium point where where the the pricing, you know, it's really the supply and demand and the pricing starts coming back into order. I do think labor plays a big role still in this. And something else that's kind of really important um, um, it lends itself to our style of management here at Kratos. We we're looking at corporate, you know, companies to invest in corporate bonds, and, and and we're looking to invest in the stocks of smaller companies. And in doing so, one of our primary, one of the top um, things we're looking at is the management, the quality of management, the record of management, the vision of management. And a management team really makes a big difference. So you can tell, you know, that there's some issues with the management teams at places like Target and Walmart, where the stocks have been hit, um, and, and justly so. And then you go into a store, or you have an experience with a service in an industry that is very well run, and you can notice that difference. And people, when people have a choice, you know, they would rather leave the, you know, the grocery store with a, a smile on somebody's face rather than a than you know um, not getting the same level of service that they could get across the street, and some of that does have to do with what the wages that are being paid. But I think a lot of lot more of it has to do with management. So if management makes the right decisions and um, they can pay they can pay up, but they should know where they can um, they should they should know where it's important and how they treat their employees.
3: Dan, when you uh, when you look at uh, I'm going to lob this one as kind of a half assed political comment, but when you look at these firms, obviously these are people. There, there still are firms, and that's that's what your strong point is, that despite oh, all the crap and the large S that are given to seemingly a few firms, there still are firms that are, are doing the American way. They've got an area where they've got a niche, and they, they manage the place decently. And they, and it seems like those people are shrinking in number when we really should be expanding in number, because seeing as uh, we're taking stuff back allegedly from overseas and everything. Uh, but do, do you when you see one of these big crazy bills come out where they name winners all over the place are you are you concerned that what one, one of your places might just be being might be come out as a loser in this thing that you know it's all of a sudden somebody's getting this big tax thing and your guy just sort of miss it because i don't know I, don't I think
6: i think that's actually a very good question and and you know with the spending bill this recent spending bill and then you know it, originally you know with the infrastructure bill i thought hey this is something that's a win-win it creates jobs it it takes care of a lot of issues that we've had it Helps us become the world leader. And, but there hasn't been a whole lot that's happened to the companies that, that we invested in up until recently, up until this recent rally that we've seen. And you talked about the companies like Aztec that really just do paving of roads and Nastec that does infrastructure for, um, cell towers. I mean, these are really well run companies, you're right. And in some ways, they, it seems like they're being, um, lost or left behind. But I also think part of it, um, and I don't think they necessarily have been, but I think part of it is that these bills are not going to come into effect. You know, the, the you're not going to see the end result of the benefit for several years, and in the meantime, you know, the costs just keep going up. So um, we, we're continuing to see inflation. So that that is how I think some of the, these companies or smaller companies have been left behind. And the bigger ones, I'm not sure they're they're really doing that well. I mean, I just used an example of. You know, like Walmart or or Target, that are you know that have kind of been all over the place. They've had, and those superstores have probably gotten rid of some of the smaller guys that are doing you know the right thing as we're talking about and and better managed. But at some point, the the consumer is going to go back to those places when when the price differential isn't that significant. You know, and the um, people are preferring service over over um, you know maybe paying a tiny bit more. well, again, you've if, got... If, if people that get the job done. I mean, the same thing on the employee side. If employees have a choice, they want to work for a place where they're being treated well. And they know that hard work is going to give them the opportunity to move up the ranks or get more money, make more money.
3: And um, Well, we've seen, you know, in one man. Actually, a quick question. I'm not asking you to talk out of school here, but the guys you talk to, and I would consider them serious companies. I mean, we're not, we're not talking yeah. to Amazon, but... Do, do those guys in general? I don't know if you ever asked this question. I don't know why you would. with some goofball. Do they? Do they actually have a lobbyist?
6: That, you know, I, I have asked that question, and I've talked to the utilities, especially. Well, oh, they all so do. The utilities they always do. Will have lobbyists, if you will, in their state or in their jurisdiction, and they, there is a political element to um, you know rate increases, their ability to increase rates. Um, and it's interesting, some states have put more emphasis on the utilities to source power from clean energy, and other states haven't. And I think the utilities are just trying to do the smart thing, and they're trying to stay ahead of the game with with that, which is something that I still think is not well known by the general public. But we're moving along pretty quickly in the clean energy area already. Um, so, but yes, they do have um, they do have people like especially the utilities where you're dealing with the decisions that are made by the government they that are you know um, lobbying and their their interests so um,
3: well you totally, on, on, the, on, the,
6: on the small side like for the, the companies that are smaller that are um, you know say manufacturing companies not so much um, they don't have the manpower um, so so uh, not so much and certainly you know we're not investing in in the companies like the uh, the tech names that are you know the giant the tech giants that that's not really our thing so um yeah we're not we're not seeing too much of that on the oil and gas side i think they're i'd say most of the companies have already done that you know the ones that we invested in in over time Well, utilities get a smaller companies
3: um utilities get to deduct the cost of the lobby so there's no no excuse for them not having one
6: (laughs) yeah exactly right they they're in much better shape and actually they've done really well the names that we've mentioned you know, like Black Hills, Ottertail, um, you know, OTTR, BKH. Um, they have done extremely well um, this year. They, they've been like some of the top performers. Um, well, but again, it comes down to good management and also being in the in the, r- the right locations um, to take on you know areas that are growing, um, par- parts of the country that are geographically growing that are going well, to
3: more. I thought of you. I uh, was reading a summary of. <clears throat> with this bill, well, a, a small summary, because I think it's 1,000 pages, and I thought of you, and it's a question I have to ask, or would like to ask. Um, there's something in there, and of course, whoever wrote the article didn't go into the detail, because he or she wouldn't understand it, and neither would I. Evidently, there's a whole, whole bunch of, <laughs> I'll say, crap in this bill regarding the grid and who owns it and who's going to improve it. And I'll I'll bet there's a massive can of worms in there with lobbyist fingernails all over it. I wonder how they I was thinking of your firms, the ones you like in uh, Washington, Oregon, those places. I wonder if this is going to affect them to the negative or positive, because I'm sure they're selling selling uh, energy to to people around them when needed, and especially if they're going down the road into the (coughs) renewable, because the renewable is only as good as as the grid system. And I'll bet somewhere in there... Those guys are either going to come out on the good or the bad side, or somewhere in the middle. And I don't know if anybody even knows it yet. I mean, you and I don't. I don't know. I don't even know where I'd find that part of the bill, and I wouldn't have the expertise to read it. But there's a winner and a loser in there somewhere, and I just wonder who's who they are.
6: Yeah, I mean, with the with the utilities, a lot of them have you know have monopolies in their particular area, or they're you know there's only a couple of them that operate. But um, the what's what we're seeing now um, is. The demand has has declined somewhat because of the contraction we've gone through um, over the last year. So that has helped alleviate the concerns about the grid. But should it start picking up again, absolutely agree with you. I think that that's going to be a major issue going forward. And then you know, think about it just logically about you know electric vehicles and the and the you know that's going to continue to add more put more demand oh, on. Sure. On the system, the power comes from someplace. I think I think people need to realize that you, you know, electricity. You still have to source power from somewhere, and it's it's not um, it's not like just you're flipping a switch and then all of a sudden you've got um, a new uh, product or a new you have a new um, mode of transportation that's not going to take more from the system. So I think that you know, EVs are going to continue to drain put put
3: pressure on the grid. Well, just a real. I'll keep this real brief because I want to start talking about some bonds with Dan here, but just for the listeners, uh, a, a very Cliff Nodes vision of this is if you drive, how, how far is Purdue, maybe 120 miles or something? Somewhere, something like be, somewhere between here and Purdue, I don't know why they picked the spot. I have no idea. Maddie's the meteorologist. He should know all about this. There, you go through an area in Indiana and it's got... 123 miles. And what, So how, that one area, how far away is it, where all of a sudden there's like 150, got to be that many, of these massive windmills. Yep, an uh, FI-65. You know, why, why they pick that area and why there's wind there, I have no idea. It's a question for Mr. Weber. But somehow or another, these things, every time I go by there, they're pretty much spinning. And then a lot of them aren't. Half of them are off. And, right, and yeah. I, and I asked my, my buddy uh, um, at a local bar who's a high-wire high, high, high wire guy, I go, hey, Bobby, how, why are these things off? He goes, because the grid can't accept it. I said, so we're, we're turning off a windmill. So we can keep a gas-fired thing on. He goes absolutely. Yeah. Well, now there's now obviously the, to make it simple, there's a line from this particular place to somewhere that enters the grid, and I'm sure Illinois, Commonwealth Edison, everybody here is 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 connected to this grid in some way. It's probably what a six-state grid or something, Dan. I mean, I, and yeah. so the point being is now if if these guys were to say, well, we want a high high-velocity, a high-powered line from there to, quote, Chicago, come out that going to say, well, knock yourself out. We're not paying for it. We're just as happy using our own place and charging people more. We have no way right, of no design. The, they
6: pass the cost. Yeah, exactly
3: yeah, right. So yep. this this is amazingly complicated, and I mean, I, I don't know enough to go okay. through. But just the idea of, of getting windmill power from 100 miles away to Chicago, even that would take... A week of study, right? And we're talking about yeah. massive amounts of it. Yeah, you know.
6: the interesting thing is companies like Nasdaq that we talked about. They, they have, they do just that. They, they, um, not only do they maintain pipelines and and you know sources, you know, um, they're they're kind of the uh, what do you call it? like the dis- in the distribution business of of increasing um, you know the grid capacity and all that. That's and that's exactly why we've invested in in their top quality. But what they're telling me. Is they haven't quite yet gotten the funding for it. So, in other words, there are projects. That, I mean, they're they're doing fine as a company, but there there are so many more projects that should be out there that are staying ahead of things. And I think you're right to say that you know the system is only going to be fine if the grid is up to date, and you have to think ahead with these with these things. Yeah, so who's it,
3: who's in that business? They have,
6: they have yet to receive the the additional funding that supposedly these bills are going to help fund and that's where i get confused because you have to do you you do have to read the fine lines who's getting the money how is it getting
3: yeah it's nice, it getting allocated point. and
6: what and t- how is it allo- getting allocated in terms of priority well,
3: if, if I you would were,
6: absolutely agree with you you got to have the grid working and you have to have the capacity there to, to make sense of everything um before you build it with, <laughs> before you put the
3: windmill in well if the wires are there for 30 years wasn't like i'm sure they were the best and they put them in well now there's a certain yes. de- there's certain is a degradation on those wires. And there's I know there's Absolutely. a there's a new stuff. I don't know if it's different metal or what it is, but it, the degradation is like way 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 less. Like way less. Now if, if somebody if I were to say I want I want to up that line from wherever uh, you know Chicago to wherever place uh, any direction you want. Whether it's renewable or, or either it's just it might even just be a gas plant. Who's in that business? Who, who replaces those lines? I mean, there has got to be somebody. Well, well
6: Maztec is one of the companies that actually does that. Oh, really? That's okay. Part of what they do. Oh, absolutely.
3: Well, hell, they got to be but busy. What and you're saying what that they're I'm
6: saying uh, is they haven't, they have not, they have not gotten as many um, jobs or you know projects as you you know as we would have expected. And it's partly because the funding hasn't been given to the whether it be the state or the, the utility to, to do that yet. So that really? is a, that's a big challenge.
3: So the, so the money, uh, well, that's what they, they I mean, a lot of the stuff even for the COVID was never spent, right?
6: Right, exactly, yeah. So how, how this all gets allocated from from the funding from these bills is really what my que- my big question is, and we have to see how that plays itself out. In theory, this company should be on fire. A company like Nasdaq yeah. should be on fire right now because they're, this is what they do. <laughs> they're, you know, they build out infrastructure. They repair, they maintain, they upgrade. Um, but they're um, what they're telling me is this hasn't quite happened yet. Wow. It's going to happen. It should happen sometime over the next couple of years, but well, it isn't then.
3: I'd love to see a video but of how they change those those lines. That would be awesome. I bet that's yeah. amazing to watch. All right, Dan, we got a few minutes. What uh, We have some people at our place that, uh, because of our conversation last week and the week before, we decided to... Uh, we're going to the auction for them on Monday, and we're going to get um, a six-month T-bill, because you were saying... Six hey, months, I,
6: absolutely. Yep, yeah. I, I have that highlighted right in front of me. That is my top pick right now. The six-month is absolutely uh, 3.01%. Um, you can't think about You can't get a CD. I don't know. Can you get a five-year CD for 3% now? Right. I don't know, but
3: it's a
6: six-month for 3%. You can't beat it.
3: Now, we, we actually at, at PTI, I and mean, you might, you know, maybe you can get a better... We don't even we don't want to pay any bid-ass spread on that. We, we we actually apply for the auction, and everybody just gets it right from there. We just give everybody a, a small charge, and do you, do you go right to the auction, or do you be able to get them on IB? I
6: what I do, I can get them on IB. And what I do is I buy what I call off the run names, you know, that, that were issued, you know, let's say a few weeks ago, or oh, yeah. um, have you know, and those tend to be. I don't mind um, you know buying some of that discount and just and just taking the capital appreciation on it, um, you know, if it's a slight discount. Uh, but you can get a little bit more if you go off the run. So if, you, if you're, um, but yeah, putting, putting in the auction is fine, too. I don't think, hopefully that amount's not going to change, but the spread has been changing. The spread has been changing week to week pretty considerably. Well, we've, the, you know,
3: the clients the I'm talking about, was by the way, they all,
6: a they, few weeks ago, now it's down to 40.
3: By the way, they listen to you every Thursday, and they, they they you they take your advice they actually are in a couple of the ones that you talked about and then there's uh for the guys that have like you know, some you know, reasonable amount of extra, they they have taken your advice to say, okay, it's time to just you know, wait wait six months and it'll be better then and they've got are probably half half in the stuff that you talked about and they're gonna be like half in the treasuries.
6: That's good. Yeah, that's perfect. The the thing that's happened and this has happened very, very, very rapidly. Is the spreads on these high yield bonds, like the higher quality high yield names, which are the ones I've been recommending, um, have come in so much. I mean, they were at, the average spread was at like 500, now it's at 400. And that, that, it's usually it takes years for a high yield spread to narrow that much, but we're seeing this bounce back and forth. And part of the reason is there's so much demand for yield on the short end because so many people have figured out. You know, if we're going to continue to see price increases, that's that's where you want. I mean, um, rate increases, that's where you want to be. You don't have, a, you know, you don't have the interest rate risk. And now we're finally getting some yield. So on the three, mo- on the six month, three percent isn't bad. I mean, relatively speaking, relative, you know, to where we've been. But now to go into the corporates from there, I do have one name I'll mention. I know some of the others have been hard to find, and the reason they're hard to find is they're getting they're getting put away um, really quickly by the by the buyers. So you've got an insurance company, or you have a, a pension fund that just wants to lock in that yield, so they buy that corporate bond at 5 or 6 percent, and they sit on it till maturity. And then those bonds, it takes out that many more bonds, so unlike equities, um, where people don't, you know, they, they trade day to day, these do trade, but it's hard. they're hard to find. And they get snapped up when they come on the market, and I, I actually, in trading them, it, we still do some deal you know you' still deal you're in a dealer's market so I'm negotiating and it's it's still the you know it's a huge amount of demand so they the people who are selling still seem to have the upper hand you just have to know it takes years of experience to know how to trade these things and that's i have that fortunately and i know when to put the the order in and when to pull it back out again when i i see them trying to you know try, trying to hike it up a little bit to get the extra um you know, squeeze a little bit more out of it. So, yeah, it's who's the, uh... So it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to, they are hard to buy, but I but I have one name yeah, that I, I've mentioned, and I, I sent that back to you in a note. Um, Amtrust Financial. They're the property casualty insurance company that's focused on workers' comp. That's their specialty. And they have a six and an eighth coupon, six and an eighth bond, due August of 23. So it's a one-year bond that you can buy for, less than par so you can buy it in the 99 range and get about six and a quarter six and a half percent
3: what's this, what's the symbol
6: AFSI now the, the thing about this company it's a it's a, a property casualty insurance company and trust um, but they are private so you can't you know there's no equity so you when you're buying bonds um, you have to if hopefully you're you um, are You you have the permissions or the ability to buy privates, but again, this is the type of bond that you buy at six and a half, and you just sit on it. You lock it away. Um, It's not going to have a lot of price fluctuation, but you're going to be collecting a pretty decent coupon. And I believe you're getting paid over that, even over that six month T bill. I think you're getting paid um, certainly over the one year Treasury bill. um, You know, three hundred basis points. I think that's worth it.
3: Yeah, I don't know. We we try to find it. We. We have to find a way to get the privates. We've been uh, we we actually beat up on on RBC enough to where every morning now they send us a list of bonds that they've taken an in inventory. that people have sold to them, so there's they actually you can look at the price and it and it's the and they don't care if you buy ten thousand twenty thousand have to buy a big amount or anything. So we've been doing a little of that. Those things are all over the block though. Some of them are uh, a lot of them are over a hundred. And I don't I know you have a if, if it's only a year or two. uh why don't why don't you like? I mean, I don't really like buying something over a hundred either. But what, you you seem to have even more against it than me. Why don't you like it?
6: Yeah, well, if you have the, they call them cushion bonds. So if you have a, a good a good coupon rate, if you're getting a good um, interest rate on it, they are fine. In fact, that that lowers your duration, right? It shortens your duration even further. So if it's a you know if it's a one year bond that's trading at one hundred one, but you're getting six or seven percent, then that's fine. But you, you you've got to you gotta be careful because um, there um, you have to when you're looking at the yield to maturity obviously you're going to be getting less than that six right. uh... six and a half or seven percent so it really depends on your you know you get the income but you're losing some capital in the uh, at the same time so um, something very close to par if you buy in a one-year or six-month or even a two-year trying to stay with the higher coupon that's close close to par value uh... you'll see the least amount of fluctuation
3: all right, Danny, um, Thank you. Have a, have a nice weekend, Bud. Hey, by the way, did you, did you ever get your tra- your car fixed?
6: Uh, not quite. I got part of it. I've got th- I've got the transmission, but they were missing a piece. So I have one more uh, one more trip to the car dealership.
3: Oh God, that's unbelievable. Yeah. that is unbelievable.
6: Long term, uh, long uh, situation we, here. But so we
3: send you, Lord. Won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? You don't, you don't <laughs> like. Was that Janice <laughs> Joplin? You don't, you don't like her? Are gonna, you going to punch her out when you get in heaven, or what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> t- t- take care, buddy. That's future's you too, up 6. That's, yeah, that's future's up 27. Be right back, Mr. John Flanagan. I'm sure you are aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we have always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like MAM interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to ptisecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's ptisecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks, and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now. Right here, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom with from Matt Weber on the board. SP Future is not only up 6, it was up, snuck up over 10, and the NASDAQ only up 27, but still up. A Dow up 40. Uh, again, the, one of the news this morning is BBBY, Bed Bath & Beyond, which was uh, one of the uh, meme stocks flying up yesterday. All of a sudden one guy said he's going to sell his 9.7 million shares. The stock immediately collapsed five hours as soon as he said that. So, so much for the meme stock. I'm surprised I think I would have sold first instead of telling somebody, but that's those are the rules if you got so much and he actually obeyed the rules. Scary these days, somebody actually did that. Uh, Dax up 85.6%, FTSE up three, call that flat. Keck around up 18.3%. So boring, but slightly up in Europe. Asia down across the board. Nikkei down 281%. Shanghai down 15.4%. Hang Seng down 158, another point eight percent. 19,763, kind of getting comfortable under this 20,000 number, that's, that's better, 29,000 a year ago. Uh, yesterday, we were down 171 on the Dow, down 31 on the S&P, down 164 in on the NASDAQ. Uh, bonds, down 3 basis points, 2.86, the bund up 1, 1.09, Japan unchanged on at 0.19. We've got oil, uh, up 93 cents but still under 90 bucks, 89.04. Ran up 122, 94.97. Natural gas up 13 cents, 937, which is real high for those guys. Uh, They were just under seven not that long ago. So back and forth. Gold up 710, 1783. Still not even close. Well, I guess it's somewhat close to 1800, but not there yet. Silver up 12 cents, 1986. Copper up 5 cents, 263. We've got Bitcoin up 225, 23,520. We have the U.S. dollar sinking again here today. uh, Well,. Euro dollar is down, so the dollar's a hair stronger, but, uh, yeah, the, the dollar has been strong. I'm sorry. The euro dollar has been sinking. It's down to, like, 101 again, very close to the $1 number where it would be parity, which is really, really low. Maybe we got for us, traffic Weather Sports.
5: 36 minutes past the hour. Good morning once again to everyone out there. We have a new crash on the uh, I-55 Stevenson outbound site at Weber Road in Bolingbroke That has uh, I-55 backed up all the way to uh, Illinois 53. So it's backed up from exit 263 to exit 267. That car is in the ditch with uh, crews on the scene. So expect delays on the outbound I-55 if you're heading in that direction. Maybe what's going on downtown here? There were also ambulances and everything. I don't know. I n- doesn't say anything about traffic no, weird, related. Yeah. yeah. Uh, inbound Stevenson, uh, you'll see some slowdown near Cicero. Other than that, it's pretty wide open. We did have a couple of earlier crashes on the Eisenhower inbound side. Those are clear. Outbound side, traffic starting to build uh, near the Eisenhower on the Tri-State, uh, just north of it. We have a stalled vehicle that's uh, right at uh, 290 on the Tri-State northbound that uh, is causing some delays as uh, crews work to get that car out of the way. Traffic building on the Inns and in Kennedy, but no accidents to report. Off the expressways out in the northwestern suburbs, uh, there's a couple of issues. Shales Parkway at Maroon Drive, there's a crash just south of there. Munger Road at Stearns, there's an accident. And then west of there in Elgin, Randall Road at College Green Drive, there is a crash. Everything else all quiet out there. Weather today, another beautiful mid-August day. Sunshine, mild temperatures, low humidity, a high of 79. Right now it's crystal clear and 68 degrees downtown. For our Phoenix listeners, rain in the forecast and a high of 102 today. Right now it's clear and 83. In sports, White Sox five-game winning streak is over. They lost at home last night to the Astros 3-2. Sox are two games back in the division and two back in the AL wildcard race. Cubs have now won four straight series, even though they're well out of the playoffs. Uh, they beat the Nationals yesterday 3-2. Diamondbacks topped the Giants 3-2. And the Bears' preseason schedule resumes tonight as they'll play game number two. In Seattle, it's a 7 p.m. kickoff uh, Central Time on ESPN.
3: Chief, man, does uh, D- Jim Deschays have terminal COVID or what?
5: I don't know, uh, but uh, but yeah, he tested positive for COVID. I don't know anything about you know whether he's sick or not, but he's been out the last week and. I've uh, noticed in the last couple of years, whether it's uh, the Cubs broadcast, the White Sox broadcast, radio or TV, these guys have more days off than I can ever remember <laughs> growing I think, up.
3: I don't think Jack Brickhouse ever took a day off.
5: I mean, I just, like, Steve Stone doesn't take certain road trips. Uh, Benetti does national games, and so he'll be out. And then on the Cubs side, Shiambi does national games, so he'll be out at least one or two days a week. And DeShays, whether it's built in vacation, and then, and then he, you know, here he gets sick. They're, they have a rotating broadcast booth, and then Pat Hughes goes from TV to radio, back to TV, and then he'll take some, some nights off. It's like, what the hell is going on? I mean, good for them if they can, I guess, negotiate that in their deals, but they work six months out of the year, and then out of those six months, it, they don't work a
3: full week. I know. It's, it's crazy. I mean, <laughs> I, well, Rand Coomer was in the, on TV for like a week, from, yeah. but then who was in the broadcast, the other booth? There's a I, I think
5: it was uh, Zach Zaidman. Is uh, a color guy? Well, I don't know if he was doing the color. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they brought someone else in. Could have been. They have a pretty. Actually, Zach Zabin's pretty good. Yeah, he's but he's more play by play. Yeah, they they uh, they have a deep bench though. I mean, both both sides. You, it's been Sutcliffe all week on on TV. They've had Doug Glanville in there a lot. They like had Ra- him. Ryan Dempster in there a lot. Um, Out of
3: those three, I like Glanville the best. I
5: I kind of agree with that. Uh, they've uh, they've had Sandberg in the booth before. Mark Grace has been in the booth before. Uh, they're going to have Joe Girardi since he's fired again as a manager. He's going to be in.
3: I think next week he's going to be in the TV booth for for several days. So they have a deep bench. I think the Cubs end up hiring him as something as a player development or whatever. He's too. He's too good of a guy to just be hanging out there. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised by that. Um, I, I, I like I like Pat Hughes much better than your buddy Boog but that's well Pat is much better than Boog well that's, that's why I like him that's <laughs> why Pat's <laughs> going to be in the Hall of Fame <laughs>
5: you're not going out on a limb by saying uh,
3: that. Mr. Flanagan how are you buddy I'm okay Tom and you alright I missed you again last night I was out with the judges hey how'd that go anything, anything, huge crowd anything huge you could crowd. devolve uh, they, it's interesting they all talk about their wacky cases and it's it's <laughs> it's a, it's a, you know what Dan, it's a whole different world it's a whole different world and uh Uh, one of the guys uh, uh, I've known this guy forever I won't won't say the name but uh, anybody in Chicago would know the name he was there and I I haven't seen the guy in five years which is really stupid I mean I should Uh, but he he was the the judges are all talking about in various courts people are staying home because they're worried about the COVID again and it's Zoom and this guy goes tell all these idiots to come back to work for God's sake we've all had it it's out there Just just get back to work let's get this stuff going I mean God's sake. I mean uh anyway I I sort of agree with that. But uh hey, you know what, John, I did something Maddie's gonna be mad at me. Uh did something I should I never should do. I actually was as I dig into these numbers more and more and uh, we have to get this if, if this guy does guest work. Uh John Steele Gordon wrote this thing on inflation in the States. So I talked about it maybe a couple of months ago. But there's one part in here that I I you know, with all the a little bit of study, I'll you know, say relatively little bit but a lot for a regular person I guess. Has done on this, this this assessment he does in here about how how much the currency stuff determined what was going on in the Civil War, and I never really took that kind of a leap. But he was saying, I, and I didn't realize this, that during the Civil War, of the 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 Union side of the federal government, that the federal, we had they had all kinds of ability to uh, raise taxes, which I had, I had never thought of. So the federal government sharply raised tariffs, its main source of income before the war and excise tax It also tax gross receipts and impose a stamp tax on a legal document. What is that? What's a stamp tax? Uh,
2: well, it's like, you know, the tax you pay when you buy or sell a piece of real estate, the revenue stamps, you, 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 you apply for, you know, a tax in the amount of whatever the, the value of the transaction is. The transaction is taxed according to its value. And, and we have city transaction tax, we have state, we have county. Transaction tax, so these are these that raise money off of the sale of assets.
3: Well, they were able to actually to increase twenty one percent of the money spent on the war was uh, was by increased taxes, and the and then they had another uh, like seventy percent they were able to borrow because there's still people that had you know they had uh, so even though the national debt went up, they were actually able to borrow it, so they didn't have to mess with the currency, and only twelve percent of the money. That they, that they used on the war was actually fiat currency, and uh, he goes, this is an interesting quote, thus the federal government needed to use a third means of raising money, printing fiat money, for only about 12% of its revenue needs. In the course of the war, the Treasury printed 450 million in greenbacks, so-called because they were printed in, in green on the reverse. This caused inflation, as fiat money always does, duh, and, pre- and or even though... The guy in Turkey and Joe Biden think not. You know, and, and prices rose over the course of the war in the north by a manageable seventy-five percent over whatever the war was five years. Right, it's yeah. like fifteen percent a year, which isn't great, but it's manageable. So The south, however, had to make, had to reach fifty percent of their revenue needs by printing money, and not only that, their printing facilities were so crap that the thing was easy to to counterfeit. So they essentially the counterfeiters like almost doubled that again, you know, which made it even worse. So I I read this thing and I go, I I wonder in the last year, two year and a half years, what we've done. And John, it's freaking horrifying. And from January, from uh, January, January 20. So starting December 31, 19, right before the COVID through July of this year, the federal budget deficit has been $6.4 trillion. This This is adding up there month to month, right? The Federal Reserve balance sheet has gone from 4.1 trillion to 8.8, so that's 4.7. 75% of it has been has been uh, funded by printing money. For God's sake, John, it's worse than the, conf- than the Confederacy it did during the Civil War. How can that be?
2: <laughs> one, one way to look at it, Tom, you know, we were smarter at that time because um, although it was, we were still an agrarian country in the north you know, we were becoming more urbanized you know, pretty steadily but we were a much more efficient economy and we had invested in things like railroads and you know water projects canals and so on to to improve commerce and it was done in a way that for its time was fairly cost effective i mean the, the canals didn't sort of make it to the long term but the railroad certainly did and whether it was, you know, state charters or national charters that made it happen, um, encouraging, you know, land development through the Homestead Act, all these things were, we really pushed people to be entrepreneurial and the government would back you up. And the, the, the North really had a huge advantage because we had manufacturing, unlike anything the South had. I shouldn't say we, I mean, we're all one nation now, but supposedly. But um, the North was way ahead, and even when it needed to be taxed. And, you know, it, it, it was done in a way that really didn't, you know, hurt people that much. What what hurt was, you know, the draft riots when they instituted involuntary service and forced people to go into the Army. And that didn't go down well at all. But the financing of the world was a completely different thing. We we, we, had, we ran a tighter ship, and we could afford to fight a war then. What so would, we, what we picked our wars more carefully, too, I think.
3: What would possess anybody, when you think about you know, patriotism and all this stuff. Uh, well, what would possess anybody in the state of Illinois to want to go fight in the Civil War with no, medical, no, no, no medicine? God, if you get shot, you lose an arm or a leg. Uh, the, 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 tamp, the, the camps were, were rife with typhoid and measles and everything else. And by the way, you never saw a slave, never saw a Southerner, never, you know, I mean, what would possess you to want to send your kids off to that war?
2: I think people, you know, did it for a lot of reasons. Well, I know. I'm just saying they did it. They didn't have a job, or, well, they, you know, they were part of a big family. They didn't have hopes of taking over the farm because there were other brothers ahead of them, and they, you know, if there weren't any jobs in the town they lived in, maybe you, had, you could have gone someplace else, but it was, you know, you were given a pension. You know, you had all sorts yeah. of attractions that they used to get people to fight. But, but you're right. It was not like all these people were starry-eyed, you know, uh, ideologues about why they were fighting the war And certainly the, you know, the agenda of the war Shifted pretty pretty dramatically During the course of the war
0: Oh yeah
2: um, and it, it didn't, If, if they pitched it from the beginning This is a war to free the slaves You wouldn't have had Lincoln pitching it that way Lincoln learned to do that By by the time he went through a second election He certainly couldn't have gotten away With saying that early no, on
3: No, no it about,
2: you know, the, the, you, you, we got to hang together as a nation You can't nullify federal law um, you, you we, we can't let these states you know, run their own show to the extent that they're going to drop out of the union. Um, that would have destroyed the whole experiment. So I think people felt there was strength in numbers. We should hold the thing together. But I think that was probably a better rallying cry than slavery for most people in yeah. the North, who, 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 as you say, didn't care, they didn't have a big state. Well, you, you probably, even if you
3: cared on a moral basis, right? I mean, it, it was thousands of miles away. I mean, I mean, whatever. I mean, it's it still was horrible, but. Uh, but, you know, I wonder the, the discipline, the North, we, we were, you know, we were a new nation. We wanted to be part of the world, at least monetarily. So we assumed whoever the we's were in this time, because there was no Fed, we just, we, we, we went as far as we could on printing money. And the minute the war was over, we dragged the printed money back in and got back on the gold standard so we became a, a citizen of the world again. Which, which means you were on this gold standard, even though most, whenever everybody had trouble, they went off it. I'm not saying I was, I'm a big fan of it, but the fact is, that was kind of a, a, a definition of if you were a citizen of the world, if your currency was attached to gold, right, back in right. those days. And again, I'm not advocating that or anything, but, but now we, we have become so pompous by this world currency stuff. We think we can do whatever we want, and it's not going to affect people. John, it's affecting everybody. I mean, I mean, some of this stuff going on in Turkey is, I think, because of us. I mean, because we're, what we're, we're, every other every other nation is doing the same thing, and they're just doing a worse job of it, right? I mean, uh, or, or or taking it to the extreme. But it's not like we aren't doing it. It's not like the European Central Bank isn't doing it, or to a lesser extent, probably the the people in London. But we're all doing the same thing. Everybody's pushing their currency out there, and and trying to somehow tell people, you know you know, pee on their shoes and tell them it's raining type of thing. And it's, I don't, I mean, I don't see how it, it doesn't come to a, I mean, even though with Dan and with, uh, little to a little bit, we're debating on, and the, inf- on the inflation piece. Okay. Well now what you have this 35, 40% inflation bulge, which will be the number. When it's all over, that's going to be the number. I mean, I, I don't, anybody could try and debate me on that, but good luck with that. I think once in a while I get to win an argument, even on this show, which is very rare, uh, but uh, John, are are we going to just assume that the people that are eviscerated by this monetarily, they're just going to catch up over the next three years? And so right now, if inflation stayed flat and we started to count the housing and everything else, we actually work the real numbers through the system to get up to the number I think it is. If we just stayed flat right here, I think everybody is thinking that's a solution. You know, I don't know I'm, if I'm on the Fed, I might go that route, but I don't know that it's a solution I. I don't know. I think if we try to pull it all back, I think it's maybe we cause almost as many problems as we did on the way up. I don't know if that's I, – I, I don't know. i would be flipping a coin on it, John. Do you have an opinion? I have We've none. We've been
2: so negligent about where we could go. Uh, we, we didn't really care when we got there. Uh, it, it, the thing – I think we fell into the trap of we, we developed all these ambitions not only to become this global power and and to fight wars whenever we felt like it for for good or bad reasons often for very bad reasons but but then we also tried to micromanage a country that has grown impossible to manage as a as an entity that the national you know outlook has has had any conception of what what it would take and we got other countries following suit with that too because they're kind of in the same bag Compare that to the civil war time when we when you're talking about you know financing it these were state militias pretty much
3: they, yeah. were, they were
2: fighting for illinois they were often fighting with their own ethnic compatriots that's the way the regiment got formed and you had intense loyalty to a particular charismatic leader it wasn't like the armies that fought in the first world war or second world war or even the spanish american war which were you know homogenized nationally you had people who were you know alongside people they knew nothing about, had no particular interest in knowing, and all of a sudden you, you had you, a kind of loss of this spirit that, that kind of held fighting bodies together, and with, with what we're trying to do now, you know, we can't afford to do it, first of all, but even if we could, you know, we'd be fighting a losing battle to make it succeed.
3: Well, I think, uh, I mean, yeah, you're right, I mean, when, when you, when when Lee showed up, or Grant showed up with an army, it was was the first Ohio it was you know somebody somebody right it wasn't it was a militia yeah. out of some place. That's the way the
2: reunions were yeah. held you know for the, all like the time any of these veterans survived they identified with the people they had grown up with you know the people they would known and that's what they were fighting for and it was you know you say what you want about what the country became we, we weren't always going to be that kind of a federalized entity but we could do things then we can't do now with the system we have we, we should be trying to do
3: them. Well I mean I think I think we we somehow we were, were, we're tossing out principles that have been around like forever, and all of a sudden we decide. I mean, the guy in Turkey today cutting his interest rate when he's got an inflation of eighty percent. I mean, I mean, what Tom? How,
2: tell me how that could possibly have been on the table, let alone what they go with. Well, I think it's
3: just is this boring. guy? Is, is this guy? Is he like the the thing? I, I what well, the last thing I, I, I read about uh, Hitler was the guys. He was on what twenty two. Drugs a day near the end or something, and then they yeah. didn't they then they decide uh what's what's the um, the, the the crazy one crazy but the big drug they give a lot of people that are uh, it's not meth but it's where they thought it would it would get rid of all the the bad parts of all the other drugs they were giving them that too it wasn't meth it was something else so it was, it was oxycodone kind of or oxycodone oil. or something something they were giving I mean I, oh, holy so I mean how how can that guy make any kind of a decision. He couldn't sleep. He couldn't do anything. I mean, I mean, you wonder. Not I've, I've been reading stuff. I mean, I read uh, Manny. Who, who's telling us that uh, Putin is now on all kinds of drugs every day? You know, you can, the stress and everything else. I mean, how I mean, you get these people involved? I mean, who knows? This guy in Turkey is he even sane. <laughs> you know,
2: I like to know why Joe Biden was. T- was wearing sunglasses when he was being filmed in shade i mean uh, there's something going on with his health too that i think would be apparent if you could see him more close up without the aviator sunglasses it, it's just it's part and parcel of how these people are not up to the job i think Tom, for one thing and maybe no person is but the, the trouble with turkey and it was like what lou was saying earlier i mean when you, when you have massive inflation like this it, it always translates to, to political instability and political crisis. Oh, sure. And revolution and coups and everything else. And the U.S., I think, was, has been implicated in that 2018 coup. I mean, it, it, we had a stake in that. We had, certainly had an objective, where we didn't we weren't really backing Erdogan that strongly. And we'd like to see change there, too, but be, be careful what you wish
3: oh, for. Oh, yeah, be careful.
2: That's, that's a place where you don't want a power
3: vacuum. Well, well didn't the same thing happen? What was the thing in Egypt where they they had didn't they have a coup there where it turns out that they 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 knocked off a few of the army guys and the crew but it didn't turn out that the, that the guy threw the coup himself so he could he could knock it down. Mubarak, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, he he, he, he's, he formulated his own coup so he could so he could beat up with a coup and say how powerful he was, right, or some story like and that, like
2: a f- f- false flag operation, you know, yeah. to <laughs> boost, 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 give you something to look good over. So,
3: but, but, who, who thinks of this stuff? It's it's it's
2: o- only desperate people. <laughs> And, and whether they're stupid or smart, they're certainly desperate, I think. Well, and they do stupid things when they're that desperate.
3: Well, you know, we need uh, we're on a, we on talking on a crummy note. You know, I got the guy, the, the guy I took my uh, concealed carry class from. Evidently, he's a big buddy of the guy who does a Hey Jackass. Oh, really? Now, do <laughs> you, Matt, do you think I should, I should call him and say, uh, what you really need to do, you have to take the hour by hour thing that they do on the weekends. You got to expand it during the week. It's getting that way. See the guy got shot at at noon yesterday, driving by Homewood Park. Yeah, I mean we need to need to. Inquiring minds need to know. We need to need twenty four hours every day on this stuff. And see where Lori Lightfoot was taking a a a bow the other day about how much better it's getting.
2: (laughs) Yeah, she's she's got herself surrounded by people who are you know (laughs) talk about detached from reality i just have
3: to laugh sometimes
2: oh god i, I, I thought it odd. T- i saw a news story the other night about a shooting in my neighborhood and here's a picture of the building where it took place And it was a building i had been standing at, out in front of a week ago waiting for the bus so i thought well i guess my timing was exquisite here
3: <laughs> well yeah you gotta, you gotta, you gotta make sure sh- <laughs> well I, I tell you what you listen, they, they, last night anyway one, once a month a lot of guys show up for this uh it's kind of a little, little judge convention and man oh man just the, between them and the attorneys talking about some of these cases John it's like there's another world out there <laughs> you know what's going on at 26th Street in some of these cases you can't even believe this stuff who's shooting who and who's doing this and and, and, and how they're all connected and I'm like you wonder how, how there's even a society out there like that but
2: <laughs> and how entrenched it's become yeah um, and, and it, 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 this is why it's becoming you know, ever more the, the, the effrontery of some of these crimes. Uh, there's absolutely no fear of doing it in broad daylight with lots of witnesses and everything else.
3: They know they're perfectly safe. Yeah, it's uh, it's insane. Well, um, this this weekend we got the air and water show, so that's good. Boy, miss, well, that's been going two years, Manny. The two years on COVID.
5: No, it was it came back last year. But, last
3: Yeah, with the analysts or they... It was a was a very toned down show, though. I think. It
5: may have been slightly toned down, but they had it
3: last year. All right.
5: Um, it just didn't obviously not in 2020.
3: I I thought th- th- we saw it like the when the B one would come by and stuff. Boy, those things? Yeah, you got it. Those things are pretty awesome. I don't care <laughs> no matter how jaded you may be. when those things flies by, or the or the guys, that, the dudes that do the uh, like the Blue Angels or something. Can you imagine how disciplined those dudes have to be and how, how much they have to oh. practice and stuff. I mean, it's it's and after every show they sit down and they take apart every little every little mistake anybody makes. It's not like you're you're bitching at the guy. You just hey buddy, you were you were you were an inch too close or an inch too far away. Is they, they tear down the thing, like for hours after every one, every display? I mean, it's. Can you imagine how focused those guys have to be for six months when they're doing this? It's
2: frightening. Uh, it kind of gives me the chills when I've gone to it and watched the synchronization. Didn't uh, I sort of just from a, a you know an observer standpoint, level on the ones behind oh, the yeah. cockpit wheel?
3: Didn't uh, Jim McMahon or somebody, maybe uh, get a ride behind one of the one of the guys? <laughs> he made it like. Two minutes into it before he had to reach for his bag. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I bet a regular person couldn't handle flying around in one of those things. I mean, I can't imagine you kid with the, the g forces and stuff. How could you possibly make decisions that fast? I, I think I could probably handle flying along in the B one, you know, a couple hundred miles an hour, letting everybody see me. I, I could do that probably, but the other e, yeah. John, thank you, Manny, thank you. S B Futures up five, N S Futures up eighteen. We'll see if we hang up here today. Virtually every stock looks like it's up, so we probably will. Back tomorrow, Stocks and jacks. What do we learn,
1: Palmer?
5: I don't know, sir. I don't know either. I guess we learned not to do it again. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProdirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. HomeSource Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit hamzianalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. Dax Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.